Timothy 1. I've got so many things I feel like the Lord has pulled together here tonight. And even one of the questions that uh, we want to answer here, I've already answered twice this past week. But I really feel like I want to talk about it to the rest of the church. But we're turning to 1 Timothy 1. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. Thank you for, Lord, your kindness, your love. Thank you for hearing our prayers, God. And thank you for, Lord, your greater plan. I know even through the battles, you've got a plan. Even through the times we are wondering, like we heard tonight, God, that we wonder why you're not moving the way we want you to move. God, you've got a plan. And God, I pray that you would help us to have ears to hear, Lord. Teach us, lead us. God, thank you for your truth. God, anoint it to our hearts and lives. And God, give us an ear to hear what your spirit would say to us. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 1 Timothy 1, verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And the Apostle Paul told his young uh, preacher that he was mentoring of whom I am chief. God bless you. You can be seated. If I read it in the Bible, I I already believe it's a faithful saying. And I already believe it's worthy to be accepted. But sometimes God just tries to get our attention a little bit more, doesn't He? Kind of like one of those verily, verilys. I feel like that's kind of what this is. Paul is saying, I want to tell you something, Timothy. Bottom line, Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Church needs to have the heart of God. Somebody said, I believe it was Sister Anna tonight, it's about people. Amen. If you don't have that heart to love people, that's not God's heart. If it's not in your mind to love people and help people and serve people, that's not the mind of Christ. Amen. God blesses you not so you can look great. God blesses you to serve, to love, to give, to bless. Amen. Well, praise God. It's not always easy. Praise the Lord. But we need one another. I know that in a modern day, talking about sin is not very popular. But that's exactly what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about sin and sinfulness. But my heart truly is that we recognize that this whole Bible really is about and everything a church needs to be about. And if you've got other plans of why you're here, hey, listen to me, Jesus wants to save sinners. Amen. You come and you get what you need good, but what about that sinner? What about that one struggling? What about that one hurting? Amen. Don't tell me you're filled with the Holy Ghost and not act like Jesus when somebody needs His help. I'm saying this so strongly because there is a need in this day to recognize Romans, the seventh chapter, that there is a thing called sin. God loves people. 
God loved us while we were yet in sin, it says. For God so loved the world, it says. But we are missing so much of the word if we don't recognize that sin is sinful. We've got such a worldly church, we've got such a carnal church in these days, because people don't recognize that even though that God loves the sinner, and His desire is to save the sinner, we've got to recognize that God is holy. That God is holy, He's clean, He's pure, beyond, beyond what we can, we can even comprehend. If you're praying, and I suggest you do, we talked about sanctification. If you start praying, God, I want to be holy. You're going to find you're going to find yourself in the presence of a holy God, and realize you need Him. You need Him. But don't ever think that this Bible downplays sin. The Bible says in Romans seven. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. Verse 13, I'm sorry. God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin. God wants the church to recognize sin as sin. It says that sin might appear sin, working death in me. Preacher doesn't love you if he's not against sin. If he's not working overtime to get sin out of your life. Amen. Because sin is working death in you. And a preacher's not your friend. I'm not your friend. If I act like that's no big deal, don't worry about it. Don't you believe in mercy? Absolutely. Mercy to give us a chance to repent of sin. He saves us from our sins. Sin works death in you. He loves you. Doesn't He love me even though I'm a sinner? He loves you too much to leave you in your sin. Amen. Sin separates us from God. That's what the Word says. Sin that it might appear sin working death in me that which is good, by that which is good. He's talking about the law. That, the sin, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Stop asking God or, or, or trying to rather justify in your mind somehow that you might not be so bad. Just hate sin. Amen. Get away from it. Amen. Turn away from it. Amen. It's such a need in this hour to recognize that God has defined sin and that we need to repent of sin. We need to preach the sinfulness of sin. And I want to tell you today that, that, is, uh, that that's such a part of this Bible. It's not an Old Testament concept. Jesus made it very clear. He preached against sin, told people to repent of sin, told them to go and sin no more. Amen. Throughout the Word of God, that sin was was uh, was pointed out, was defined. Amen. Make a difference between the holy and the profane. But in my lifetime, I've I've heard I've heard some pretty pretty strong preaching, and I I 
I want to hear it. I want to hear every bit of the Word of God. I don't want somebody to try to worry about my feelings. Preach the Word to me. I don't want somebody to worry about hurting my feelings. If they're trying to save me, save me. Amen. I'm... I've humbled myself at the cross enough not to worry about trying to find Mr. Mrs. Personality. That, that hey, I, it's all—it's been said so many times. No, don't fear my or favor. Just tell me the word of God. Amen. Talking about death. Talking about hell. Amen. Talking about being eternally separated from God. No time to play games. No time to act like it's all right. It's okay. Somehow we can love, say we love Jesus and love sin. Bible says that we love the world. The love of the Father's not in us. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, that's all going to pass away. Amen. It must be made perfectly clear that that sin is a reproach to any people, as the Bible says. And I wouldn't want, I'm going to say this three, three times during this message about three different things. I would not want to stand before God with unrepented sin. I didn't say you said sorry God and kept on going. I'm talking about repentance. Bible repentance. Sorrow for sin, a turn, a change of direction, a faith, a, a desire to be clean, to be holy. I wouldn't want to go into eternity with unrepented sin. Amen. But I want to be very clear, as clear as we can be and as clear as we are, that, that sin is exceeding sinful. I, I never want to preach a message that does not make it just as clear that there's hope for the sinner and that God wants to save the sinner. I've heard a lot of preaching about sin that just made folks go away. And I know in me it, it, it shook me but made me feel like, is there hope for me? Should I even be here? It needs to be clear that God wants to save people. Amen. He said, this is a faithful saying. I don't care what sin. I've, I've dealt not only in church, but I've dealt personally. People I've worked with, people I have met that I feel like God has set up times and I found out about uh, things that, that maybe I, I thought maybe this Something they didn't want to be found out instead of just saying, oh, no, get away from me. I said, I will help you if you want to. If you need help, I'll be here. I'm not going to play games. I've met with preachers already and realized, hey, there's some pretty serious secret sin going on here. And it made it clear, listen, I'm not going to walk with you while you hide sin. But I will not turn my back on you if you want to repent and you need help. I'm not here to ruin you. I'm not here to to hurt you. But I'll help you any way that I can. But I will not go on and act like sin isn't sinful. Does that make sense? You can't preach against sin too hard. But make sure that there is a clear message 
that this isn't for condemnation. This is to tell you, hey, turn away and turn to God because He'll save you. Amen. God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. John 3.17 The world already was condemned. But that help, that hope, would be made clear. It's not enough. It's not enough just to say, hey, that's sinful. You're not as holy as you think if there isn't just as much hate. That's hateful. That's an abomination. That's wrong. But I'll tell you, there's a cross for you. There's a place at the altar for you. There's help for you. There's hope for you. Amen. Amen. This world is full of sin. Amen. There's, there's uh, all kind of things. And I know in this nation, there's a lot of things that, that, that are mind-blowing, how, how much it's becoming more and more acceptable. Well, praise the Lord. We, we know exactly what the Bible says about, about uh, homosexuality. I'd like to see one saved. Amen. And it's not it's 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 an abomination to to cast condemnation against a homosexual when an adulterer is right next to him shouting amen praise the lord preach it. It's filthy hypocrisy to say we believe in the sanctity of marriage when the preachers had two, three, four, five wives. And that's not uncommon in these days. Don't tell me that's a sanctity of marriage. Amen. I, I understand all the, the things that are going on in our culture about the, the gender fluid. And, uh, and, and I want to see somebody set free. Are you, amen. That shouldn't, that shouldn't surprise anybody. So I, I'd, love to, I'd love for everybody to hear the testimony. Sister Ashley told me somebody she had talked to. I wasn't even going to say her name. I'm sorry, but... But somebody she talked to, and and they were involved in in, in just very publicly uh, perversion. And she said, "You know what? We don't agree with that. Just flat out, just bold. We're against that. That Bible's not for that. But 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 you're you're valuable to God. Wow. But but God will help you. And I'm going to respect you. You're worth the the blood of Jesus. And I know I'm paraphrasing all that. But listen to me." That you can be a, have a strong stand against sin, and 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 actually wants realize they are an eternal soul. You know, when you look at somebody and say that's just filthy and that's abomination, how how you know how filthy is filthy? I mean, compared to your sin, compared to what God saved you from, are you hearing me? I want to preach it in such a way that somebody can recognize, hey, there's hope for me. Amen. I mean, I, you know what? I mean that for, for uh, you know, sometimes we come in contact with people that are, that are maybe in false doctrine, calling themselves Christian. You know what the Bible talks about? Some people that were in false doctrine and Christians came up to them like Paul or Aquila and Priscilla and helped them and loved them and didn't say, hey, how stupid are you, man? Don't you know? Hey, wait, whoa, whoa. We're not. That's that's not going to help anybody. 
I want somebody that might be mixed up in what they believe to just feel welcomed and loved and Amen. If they hear about what we're talking about, to know that we care about them. Hey, we're not going to stay, say anything but the truth. But we don't want anybody to be disrespectful to somebody. Amen. Well, praise God. Even, even when we're excited, you know, you don't have to build one thing, tear something down to build it up. Amen. Sometimes even we're excited about our families and a lot of good things have been said. Please, please don't think I'm trying to just 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 tell us, you know, sometimes we we're so excited about what we've got here. We don't have to tear anybody else down to be excited about what we got. Amen. And if you've got family members and loved ones that aren't living for God, thank God for them. Thank God for them and pray for them. Amen. Uh, It's just uh, Jesus came to save people. And I know what it's like. If anybody does, I've been around this for a long time. And I know what it's like sitting in church and feeling uncomfortable. Devil trying to tell me I don't belong. Amen. And then hearing a message that sounded like, you were right, you don't belong. <laughs> and, and knowing, I've come to church bound. I've come to church with problems. And I'm praying, God, give me answers and tools that I can get free with. Condemnation doesn't do that. It just makes me feel more bound. We all need to have this attitude in the church that, hey, sin is sin. Truth is truth. False doctrine is false doctrine. But sometimes good folks just need to see that there's something better. Amen. They need to see that there's somebody that cares. They need to see that they can have something better. And a cold shoulder and a stuck-up nose, nobody wants that. Amen. It's been asked of me. This isn't the question I heard twice this week, but this has been another question I hear regularly. And sometime recently somebody asked me, are some sins worse than other sins? And uh, it's not an easy question for me to answer. And I'll tell you why. Because, number one, I know what they're saying. They're, they're Really, usually, it's like, are there little sins that aren't so bad? Are there little things I can get away with that aren't just so horrible? You know, sometimes we justify ourselves, I'm not like a murderer or anything. Well, what did Jesus say? Well, did you ever get angry with your brother without cause and... And in your heart, well, you murderer. What? So, if we're looking in that sense of, are we trying to justify ourselves and say there's not a big sin? There's, there's a, there are some little sins and not so important sins, and I'm not, uh, I didn't really do that at least. Mm. No, I can't give you any hope for that. When it comes down to repenting. I don't think God's weighing your sins or measuring your sins. Understand? He's not saying, ah, that's, that's, you throw that back. That's not, no, not a keeper. It's not that, that, it's not that big of a deal. Don't worry about that. You know, it's not, you're not as bad as that one over there. That's the wrong attitude for sin. Amen. And like I said earlier, I, I don't want to stand before God and say, wait, God, I know I didn't really repent of it. I didn't really confess it and forsake it, but it wasn't that big of a deal, was it? Every idle word the Bible talks about. 
The thought of foolishness is sin. Amen. So remember, it's a holy God. He's a holy God. Amen. If you, you know, a while back I talked about how much I hated black olives and say, well, just, I just put a little bit in. Why would you do such a thing? Right? If I hate it, if I despise it, don't tell me I just gave you a little. Keep it off the menu. If you really care, <laughs> don't try to sneak it in. So, you know, when you have a mentality of, is this a worse sin or not so bad than somebody else? You're totally off the, the understanding of the Word of God. And, but I do believe, um, you know, the Bible talks about there is a sin unto death. He said, I can pray for some people and pray that God would forgive and have mercy, but there's some sins. You say, what does that exactly mean? I, it just means what it says, I guess. There's just some sins God's saying, nope, we're going to deal with that. Amen. He said, don't even pray for it. I'll deal with them. They'll deal with me. And we'll hope to see what happens on Judgment Day. What are you going to do with that? I do believe that you can say, well, every sin is a sin. But yes, absolutely. But at the same time, I'd much rather deal with your sin in a way that is more personal than more that it can affect more people and cause more damage. And I think the more damage your sin can cause in the church and in other people will be directly related to how God deals with you. Without a doubt. Second Samuel, you can turn to it if you want to, chapter 12. Don't turn your ears off if you turn in there because I'm going to read it and start preaching. But David said to Nathan, I sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also had put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Isn't that great? But if you drop down a little bit, he says, you've caused the enemy of God to blaspheme. That's something we've got to deal with. Amen? That's nothing I can just overlook and act like that didn't happen. I'm willing to forgive you immediately, but you not only... You not only sinned and broke my heart, you hurt me, you hurt our relationship, but you affected my name and my glory. That matters. You got something going on in your mind before it becomes a word, thought of foolishness as sin, you deal with that as quick as possible. It becomes a word and, amen, you, you reach out for help, you, but you start tearing down, destroying and hurting other people. That's, that's going to affect you. Say, well, is that a bigger sin? No, it's not so much a bigger sin, but you're going you're gonna to reap a lot more of problems with that. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I wouldn't want... Here's my second statement. My first was I, I wouldn't want to go to heaven with unrepentant sin. I wouldn't want to stand before God with blood on my hands. That somehow my sins cause me to hurt somebody else and turn them away from church. Amen. You know, the Bible puts a pretty strong responsibility on a preacher. 
You better preach that. If you don't, the blood is on your hands. I believe sometimes we get caught up in things. If we don't get it right, take care of it, and we start start being careless and reckless, especially with young Christians or people that are searching, you know... You want to get to heaven and say, I said I was sorry, God, for everything. Yeah, you did. Every single thing you said you're sorry for. But here's a millstone. You said you were sorry, but you know what? Somebody is in hell today. Because you caused them to be offended. I'm not outside the Word of God. I wouldn't want to stand before God if I turned people away. I've heard this preached as a young person, and it's, it's valuable. Your soul is worth more than this whole world. The Bible says, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Right? Your soul is worth more than this whole world. You ought to marvel at that. But your soul is not more valuable than two souls. Somebody else's soul. Your soul is not more valuable than God's body that he uses his only plan to save souls can you imagine bringing damage to the body of christ the only thing that god uses to save which is what he came to the world died for and saying well you know i'm just i keep saying i'm sorry i wouldn't want to stand before god Mm -mm. I, i again sin is sin sure But you know what? I believe as a pastor, I have more responsibility than just anybody. Amen? I know more. I'm not saying that without trembling in my spirit. For me to play games with the Word, with with people, with sin, I I believe God looks at that. Not not less of sin, but with, with a greater severity. Without a doubt. If you look at the Old Testament laws... In one place, it talks about trespass offerings, I believe it is. And, and uh, you know, there is an offering. Brother Mike was talking about how if you, if you couldn't afford it, just, just to bring the best you could. If it wasn't a, an ox, maybe a lamb. If it wasn't a lamb, just a turtle dove. And if it wasn't that, there, was, there were stipulations for the very, very poor. But in one chapter, it goes down. If, uh, if a common man has sinned a sin, and they can come and bring this. But then it talks about if the congregation has sinned a sin. It talks about if a leader sins a sin. It talks about if the ministry sins a sin. And if you look at the, uh, what they are to bring, it's greater for each level of responsibility. The more you grow, the more you are responsible with what you own. No. It's not to be taken lightly. So, yes, it's not that simple. It's sin, sin. Is there, are there little sins? No, no, no. Sin is sin. There's not little sins. But your sin can affect others in such a way that it will, it will demand a severity that somebody else might not. It, it's like a, like a child that, that maybe has been told, no, 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 compared to somebody who has willingly sinned and known what they have done and it's it's a much different situation, isn't it, with the punishment that is fit in the crime. Sin is sin. And like I said, I wouldn't want to go to heaven 
wouldn't want to stand before God with unrepented sin. I certainly wouldn't want to go to heaven, stand before the judgment, let me say, if I had blood on my hands. I want to do everything I can to see somebody saved. I don't care what they're involved in. I don't care. Hey, I want to help you be saved. I want to help you overcome sin. And I I don't... uh, Sometimes some sin is... uh, it, it, it's a little more inconvenient for you. Sometimes it, it, it hits you and, and, and affects you. But we've got to rise above that and just say, I want to see somebody saved. Yes, sometimes it's, it, it's, it, you say, well, it's just a, I, I get annoyed. Yeah, we'll get over it and be, be a child of God. Jesus was annoyed. He went to the cross. Amen. So no matter what, how far this culture falls, we have to be a light. A light of help. Of hope. Somebody that can say, I'll, I'll lead you to Jesus. Amen. The question I was asked this, uh, this past week, um, let's turn to Matthew 12. Is there a sin that can't be forgiven? Well, we're a Bible church. It doesn't have to make sense to me. It doesn't have to be my understanding. I don't lean on to my own understanding. I just go with the Word of God. But listen, I, I understand what God is saying here. Matthew 12, verse 24. The Pharisees heard it. They said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. Spirit of God was moving. And... The religious leaders of that day, rather than say, I want what they ha- he has, said, well, he's doing that through the devil. God's setting people free. God's healing people. God's working in a great way. And the critics stand by and say, well, that's just the devil. There's nothing to that. Watch how you talk about a move of God. If you don't understand, it'd be better you just shut your mouth. And I know, I know there's some people in some churches, I've heard preachers already, just kind of mocking like they're speaking in tongues. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't touch it. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't understand that. That's holy. That's holy. Say somebody's, look, look at them. You let God look at them. You, 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 you praise, you worship, you love God. You be the example. You're not the judge. Say, well, look at them, how they they get blessed. Look at them, how they do that. Don't look at them. They were looking at... Now now you say, well, I'm not saying it's the devil. Get as far away from blasphemy as possible. Get as far away from that critical attitude as possible. That's what the Bible says. He said... Verse 30, drop down to verse 30. He talks about binding the strong man and all that. And he gets down to verse 30 and says, He that is not with me is against me. He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. If you're not working to gather, if you're not working to see people saved, you're, you're, you're being detrimental to a move of God. We did a whole series on that. Matthew 12 31, wherefore, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven of men. 
this is this is serious business and I would never say anything to take anything away from it because I want to help you be saved. But I do know uh, sometimes people say some very foolish things. Sometimes in our anger, sometimes in our frustration, sometimes in... Uh, and I, I think I would... I would encourage you and warn you to be careful what you say about God's God's glory, God's miracle working power. But if your heart is humble and broken and you're saying, God, I I certainly see things so differently now than I ever did and I and so much ignorance has happened in my life, God, and and you're concerned that you may have blasphemed. I would say just that is evidence to me that you haven't gone too far. I know I've been asked the question, and again, this might not sound like a good answer. So I've heard people a, a, a pleasant answer. People say, is there somebody, can you just go too far? Can you go beyond the point of no return? And I can look in the Bible and tell you, God told Samuel, don't pray for Saul anymore. I've, I've taken my spirit from him. I've already got David lined up to take his place. He's full of devils now. That's fearful. And you know, your New Testament says, it, be careful. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. My uh, perspective is that I don't make that decision. It, I've never once looked at somebody and said, God's done with them. Unless God tells me stop praying for them. He's never done that to me. He's never told me don't pray for people. Although there have been times I feel my burden lift. And that's one of the most horrible things for a pastor. To carry a burden, to weep and cry over somebody's soul, and to feel that burden go. I hate it. But I've never just heard God say stop praying, so I keep praying, keep hoping, and keep believing for the best. Never, never look at somebody and say they're not worth it. I know time will tell, but hope for the best. I know sometimes things look bleak. And some of you, I tell you, sometimes uh, it didn't look good for a while, but now look at you now. Hope for the best. Don't, don't count somebody out. But I will tell you this. Say, brother, you telling me somebody can play games so long that God says enough is enough? Yeah. But I'll tell you something amazing about God. He draws lines all the time in the Bible. says, you step over that line, you're done. And then God just reaches over the line sometimes and says, get over here. And starts dealing with him again. <laughs> He's that good. He's that interested in saving people. But he makes it so clear you don't have time to play games. We don't have time to play games. God is so merciful. And I am convinced this Bible is against the idea that I have time. I can play games with my soul. I'm telling you what you need to get is filled up and is on fire and is dedicated and as busy as you can for God. Amen. Because you're going to be responsible not for what somebody else was called to, but God's called you. And you better be fulfilling what He has given you to do with all your heart. 
Amen. I was listening to preaching last Friday night in, in Ohio, and Brother Ham was preaching. And he talked about that woman that broke the alabaster box. And, and it was good preaching. It was really good preaching. But at the end, he talked about how Jesus said her story would be told everywhere the gospel is preached. He said, for she did what she could. And it just broke me. It just, just, I thought, you know, it doesn't matter if somebody else has got a bigger church or got better, 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 uh, just manner of preaching. You do what you can. You do what you can. Did I do what I could? Did I pray like I could today? Did I preach like I could? Did I put my heart into serving God like I could? Because that's what God's looking for. He's not looking for how you measure up to anybody else. Say, well, I'm doing better than this one, and I'm doing better. But are you doing what you can? God wants to save people. God's done so much to save you and I. And He'll be so merciful. He'll be so merciful. Don't don't get tangled up in, in... in being so critical and judgmental, especially when God's spirit's involved, I I want to I want to close with just one more scripture in Mark 11, because we're talking about the mercy of God, talking about the saving power, the hope that is in Christ. Mark 11:25, he says, "And when you stand praying, forgive." God wants to save sinners. We need to be forgiving. If you have aught against any, that your Father also in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. I want to say again. I said I wouldn't want to stand before God with unrepentant sin. I don't care how small you think it is. And I didn't say because you said you're sorry. I said unrepentant sin. I wouldn't want to stand before God knowing that my stubbornness, my carnality offended somebody else and maybe caused them to say, maybe it's not for me because of your testimony, my testimony. Number three, I wouldn't want to stand before God with unforgiveness in my heart. God will save us, but He does not save us to hold over other people's heads their sins. You must forgive to be forgiven. Let's bow our heads in prayer. It's a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Paul was humble enough to say, I was the worst of them all. If you spend any time at all in the presence of God, you'll realize it's His mercy that's got you here. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Because of that, pride shouldn't be a part of our lives, but it slips in. It slips in. There's people around us need a savior and you are an ambassador for the kingdom of God 
You're a representative of the cross, the heart of God. How you testify, how you give, and how you go through all the the routine of church is maybe so good, but without a heart that says, you know what? Somebody here needs saved. Somebody needs filled. Somebody needs God. Lord, I'm praying for them. Lord, I want them to know I can help and encourage them. Jesus came to save sinners. Where would you be today? It wasn't for the mercy of God. Oh, help us to shine His mercy. Sin is sinful. And as this nation is more lenient than ever before, we need to love people. We need to show respect to people.